Okay, and away we go on another Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name is Scott. Uh, we are brought to you by Anchor.fm. I tell you what, the easiest way to make a podcast, Anchor.fm. We've been doing it since uh, January of 2020. The cool thing, though, with Anchor.fm is that you are allowed to branch out to other platforms. And, I mean, we're on not all of them, but almost all of them. I mean, we're on uh, we're, we're on almost all of them, as I reiterate. I mean, we're on Spotify. Gosh, Google Podcast. Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Anchor, of course, uh, one called Pod Paradise. I've actually had people, friends of mine or listeners that have contacted me and said, hey, you're on uh, this platform and we had no idea. So there's a lot of platforms out there. Buzzsprout is really a good one uh, from the standpoint. They have a really nice looking and it works really well. The player, Pod Paradise. Um, uninterrupted play you know you you go to pod paradise and type in teal shirt report you can listen to us on pod paradise buzzsprout i am posting uh, most of the time when we advertise uh, the podcast the teal shirt report most of the time you know i do advertise it with the buzzsprout player but we also mention the many many platforms you can listen to it on because i know there are people that have spotify accounts on spotify you can listen to music but there there's also an area there's also a, a nice area where you can click on podcast and typically type in any podcast you want and you can find it and you can find ours on spotify the teal shirt report just type in uh, teal shirt report and you'll see what I mean. Uh, it does show up very, very well on Spotify. Uh, Buzzsprout, I like listening to it on Buzzsprout. I've listened to it on Apple Podcast and many, many other platforms. So check it out. The Teal Shirt Report. Now, what is interesting, every time we do these uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast, seems like a, a little bit by a little bit more news, uh, you know, percolates. And I'll use that term, percolates. Uh, with the Jaguars now and the NFL too, because of the basically for the most part, because of COVID-19. Now, as we all know, the preseason games were cut in half from four to two. Now, lo and behold, a couple of days ago, the NFL and the players, as they're negotiating how things are going to be run during COVID-19. So what's happened now is, the NFL players, actually the NFL and the players, have agreed to cancel all the preseason games for 2020. There'll be no preseason games. The first bit of action the fans will see on TV, and 25% of the fans will be in the stands. The first game you'll see will be that Sunday, September the 13th game when the Jaguars uh, do host the Indianapolis Colts. That's it. The game with the Washington, they haven't picked a nickname, have they? <laughs> hey, they? They're taking their sweet time with it. I think Daniel Snyder just hired a guy to look into everything further. This kind of reminds me of, uh, I, I don't know why, but I thought about this. You remember, um, gosh, was it, was it back in the long time ago, back in the 80s maybe? 
80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I can't remember the year. We could look it up. But you remember the um, the marketing thing with Coca-Cola? New Coke, old Coke, and now we're going back to the old Coke. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they just said, you know, the Redskins name is pretty good. Let's just go with that. and We'll be the new Redskins. <laughs> but that's essentially what they're going to be, even with the new name. Everybody, you know, there's going to be a lot of people still refer to them, obviously, as the Redskins, you know, for years and years down the road. But the names, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we want to get to the Jaguars roster, but keep in mind that the names that I'm hearing circulate are the Warriors. You know, there's already a Golden State Warriors, right? There's already the Golden State Warriors. There was a movie called The Warriors, which was actually a very, very good movie years and years ago. And I just don't think they're going to call them the Warriors. But then, you know, then a day or two goes by, oh, well, the Warriors name, um, you know, it's not going to be a problem. You know, even though there's a Golden State Warriors or, you know, because they're tra they're checking, you know, trademarking and the court of public opinion on the names and they've hired somebody now to go through all the names. And, you know, I guess the, the, the names that we hear the most that they may change the, the, the name of the team to uh, would include the Warriors, the Red Wolves and the Red Wolves. Um, when I've seen samples and, and these aren't finished products, close to finished products by any means, but when they show little sketches of perhaps what the Red Wolves, um, uh, logo would look like. It looked pretty cool, actually. Uh, you know, Nike hopes so, because uh, they're going to start, I mean, when they get the new name, man, that stuff's going to fly off the shelf. I mean, it is. I mean, people are going to be buying it off of Nike. They, they, they are, because it's something new. Now, the colors are going to be the same. The, what, what, what are their official colors? I always thought it was like, uh, you know, red and gold or red and yellow, but the official colors of the Redskins are burgundy, burgundy, I tell you, and gold. So it's very interesting that uh, the name could be the Warriors. It could be the Red Wolves. We've heard the Red Tails to honor the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, I like the Red Arrows. And then I started, you know, and every possible nickname that could change the team to people are, uh, you know, they're they're running all over the place trademarking these names where they can make some money on it too. So, and there's a list, there's a long list. There's a longer list than what I'm giving you. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting talk, interesting banter, no, no doubt about that. But, uh, again, the, the names I'm hearing for the Washington NFL team changing their name. They actually retired the name Redskins. Um, so they're actually nameless officially now, right? The Washington, you don't know either. But it could be the Washington Red Wolves. Could be the Warriors. Could be the Red Tails. I like the Red Arrows. But then I started researching Red Arrows, and I found out the Red Arrows are actually a uh, British or our English acrobatic flying team, kind of like the Blue Angels uh, here in the United States. So that probably that that might knock the Red Arrows out. You know, might be a great name 
you know, for one of the uh, UK teams, if, if there's a couple of expansion teams down the road. I mean, we've talked about the London Fog, uh, the old England Dragoons. Uh, we've talked about that on the past episodes of the Teal Shirt Report. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We're going to get into this uh, 90-man Jaguars roster, and I have to chuckle because the uh, – the 90-man the, the roster does not exist anymore. Now they've taken it from 90 to 80. I'm assuming that's because of COVID-19. But, you know, on our last podcast, we said, hey, we're going to be talking more about the Jaguars, the 90-man roster. The 90-man has been changed. I think it was changed as of um, yesterday, July 21st. There will not be a 90-man roster. It will be 80 players. The 90 man has been chopped to 80. And we don't, you know, we. it's always been a 50. They, they cut down to a 53-man roster, but now I've been hearing it may be as many as 55 players on the roster. You know, that could still perhaps change in the next few days, so we'll keep an eye on that. But right now, the 90-man roster is no more. It's 80-man roster. Now, I'm assuming next year, 2021, when COVID-19, you know, hopefully, you know, dies down, goes away. Maybe not. Maybe doesn't go away 100%, obviously. But but next year, maybe we go back to 90-man 90, 90 roster. The preseason games, now, that's a touchy thing because, you know, they're supposed to have four preseason games. And uh, then they say, well, we're going to go down to two because of COVID-19. And now they're saying zero, no preseason games. Could it be the beginning of the end of preseason games? You know, the NFL is, you know, constantly, constantly looking for how things run. So if things run well without preseason games, I think what's going to happen is next year, 2021, the NFL and, and all their infinite wisdom and, and uh, the G word greed, as some people say, and I don't mind saying that because there's there's uh, pros and cons, good and bad with the NFL. There's no doubt about that, but they've been around a long, long time. I have been following NFL football since 1970, so I've seen a lot of the ins and the outs, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, if you will. So some of these things that are being adapted for COVID-19 could be kept. Some may not. I, I think the most preseason games we'll ever see again may be two. Because I think in 2021, I think you're going to see the owners grabbing that extra regular season game. This year, 16 games. But I think by 2021, man, they're going to try to recoup some income. I think they're going to get up to that 17-game level. Because in the new collective bargaining agreement, the owners have a right to go to 17 games anytime they want to. But not this year. It'll be 16 games this year. We'll take a look at the uh, 90-man roster. I mean, the 80-man roster. The uh, and, and this is all over the NFL. And you know what that does? That, uh, that cuts basically 10 players out on each team that could have showed NFL teams what they got. And we don't really know what the, the practice roster, uh, you know, the practice squad will be. Normally it's uh, uh, 10 players. I keep hearing maybe it's going to be up to 16 or more. But we'll be learning things kind of on the fly, as they say. However, when you go from 90 a 90-man 90 roster to an 80-man roster, 
you are going all across the league, 10 players times 32. That's 320 players that their NFL dream has been dashed because they're they're not going to be on one of these uh, 90-man rosters because now the 90-man roster is 80. We'll take a look at the Jaguars. Oh, I want to mention EIF, too, before we get to the uh, Jaguars roster. You know, my, my thirst for football has been getting quenched a little bit now with the uh, the elite indoor football league. Uh, last Sunday, you know, last Sunday, just a few days ago, let's see, that would have been, today is uh, July 22nd on Wednesday. So the Sunday game was what, back on, uh, back on July 19th, I saw the Southern Steam defeat the Carolina Cowboys in an elite indoor football game. We were there. We did some interviews of some of the Southern Steam players and a couple of the Carolina Cowboys players too. And it was a defensive struggle. You don't see that much in the indoor game, but it was actually a hard-hitting defensive game. The Southern Steam 22, the Carolina Cowboys 8, the final score. Southern Steam now 3-1. and one. And they've got another game coming up in about a week and a half. Um, they will be playing again at the uh, the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville on Emerson in uh, Emerson and the uh, Phillips area. So we'll be talking elite indoor football as well, passing along that latest score, the Southern Steam back on uh, Sunday evening, July 19th. The Southern Steam defeated the Carolina Cowboys. They were they're from Greenville, South Carolina, actually. It was the Southern Steam 22, the Carolina Cowboys 8, the final score. Southern Steam is now 3-1 and one in the Elite Indoor Football League. Elite Indoor Football, it's the only indoor or arena league that is operating in the nation. And we've enjoyed talking to many of the players. We've done some interviews, of course, that you've, you've heard here on the uh, Teal Shirt Report. So we will get set to uh, take a look. Uh, no doubt at the uh, Jaguars, not 90, but 80-man roster. That's coming up today on the Teal Shirt Report. Uh, brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty. See Larry Saucer for your real estate needs in North Florida. Larry's got residential listings, even, even some business listings, too. Go to our website at BigJReport.com, scroll the homepage, and you'll find, um, you'll find uh, Saucer Realty's website on our homepage. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott. We're going to take a look at the uh, Jaguars, not 90-man, but 80-man roster coming up as the Teal Shirt Report continues. Thank you for listening. Okay, um, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. I'm glad to have you with us. Welcome back. We're going to take a look at the uh, Jaguars 90-man roster, which uh, now we're told all across the NFL. We just found this out uh, today, in fact, that the 90-man roster for COVID-19 has been pushed down to 80. So that's about 320 players across the NFL not getting an opportunity to show NFL training camps what they can do. But that's, you know, they got to draw the line somewhere. They've decided to uh, take the, and I'm sure COVID-19 certainly uh, very much comes into play. The 90-man roster is now down to 80. And, of course, 
before the training camp ends, the Jaguars will have to cut down to 53, the 53-man roster or the 55-man roster. Who knows what that final cut-down number will be because that still may be to be determined. So we'll see. As we uh, as we promised you, of course, we're going to take a look at the Jaguars' 90-man roster, which officially will be 80-man now and is 80-man at this time. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars rookies have now all, – all the ones drafted have been signed to uh, new contracts, as I understand it. So all the rookies earned a contract. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars rookies, all 12 drafted, and as many as 18 undrafted rookie free agents – have now reported to training camp uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. The veteran players are supposed to report on July the 28th. I don't see Yannick Ngakwe there on July 28th, do you? But the veterans are supposed to report on July the 28th of 2020. COVID-19 testing for NFL players. Now, we understand COVID. Let me repeat this. COVID-19 testing. Think about this. COVID-19 testing for NFL players is every day. The players are going to be tested absolutely every day. Now let's take a look at this 80-man roster, which is supposed to be 90, but uh, for this year, training camp uh, now underway for the rookies anyway, and then the veterans are supposed to report on July the 28th. So we are going to take a look at the 90-man the 90-man rosters, we've been promoting it. But now we have uh, obviously just found out, we've just found out, obviously, that it, the 90-man roster is going to be 80. So we understand that. So we're going to take a look at the Jaguars roster. Makes it a little easier for us going from 90 to 80, right? Because we're going to hit we're going to hit and touch on every day. And uh, we, we've got these guys in alphabetical order. Let's talk about him. Dakota Allen is a linebacker. He's going to be kind of a camp hand. I don't know. I don't particularly see him making the team, but stranger things have happened. Injuries always come into play with that mentality, next man up. So you get a rash of injuries at linebacker. A guy like Dakota Allen could make the team. Uh, Dakota Allen uh, played his college ball at Texas Tech. His experience in the league is two years, so he sh most likely is not in camp now. He's not one of the rookies, but he's a he's like a second-year guy. He's got two years of experience. Uh, Josh Allen, highly drafted, first-round draft pick in 2019. He's on the team. He's starting, and in my opinion, should be playing even more snaps than he does. We'll see what uh, Todd Wash's defensive coordinator scheme brings us which uh, don't hold your breath. Can we stop the run? That's the big question. Why does Wash have his job? Boy, he's got a lot to prove, Todd Wash, as a defensive coordinator, in, in my mind, in my opinion. Okay, so Josh Allen is a guy. He's an edge rusher. Man, he can rush the passer. Not only can he rush the passer, the reason why he was such a highly coveted uh, pick by the Jaguars and uh, where were the Jaguars drafting? It was a top 10 pick. In fact, uh, Josh Allen fell to the Jaguars, you know, after the Giants had decided to draft quarterback Daniel Jones and a couple other guys got picked earlier, maybe 
than expect than expected. A lot of people thought Josh Allen was a top three or four pick. And let's see, the Jaguars selected him back in the 2019 draft. You know, and he was a top 10 pick. I think the Jaguars were picking what that year? About seventh, I believe. It was either sixth or seventh. So let's take a look. The Jaguars really did well with uh, that particular draft. Um, you know, as far as... Um, you know, the players, let's see, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was came off the board. In fact, a lot of people were surprised. Let's see, let's take a look at, let's go back to round one where Josh Allen was drafted back in 2019. Let's take a look here. Let's see, Josh Allen. Give me a moment. We, 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 this 80 man's got to go quicker than this, right? Josh Allen. We know he played his ball at Kentucky. Okay. He played his, um, I mean, he was a great Southeastern Conference player. I mean, he was playing college football basically in the best conference, you know, in the nation in the Southeastern Conference. And uh, he fell to the Jaguars. A lot of people thought he would. He was the seventh overall pick. As we we take a look at some information we have now, I had to kind of look this up. The Jaguars uh, uh, did draft Josh Allen back in 2019. That was just you know the draft the year before this one. You know the draft that concluded in April of 2020. Uh, this was 2019, and a lot of people thought Josh Allen should have gone in at least one of the top four or five picks, but some other teams were drafting, you know, for position perhaps, or players they they liked for their team, like Daniel Jones. Uh, the Giants drafted Daniel Jones quarterback out of Duke, and so it, it, it had an effect, you know, it had an effect, a tumbling effect, a domino effect, where Josh Allen, all of a sudden, the Jaguars, and they were talking about the Jaguars, you know, were talking about drafting, and I, I like TJ Hawkinson. They were talking about perhaps drafting a tight end in that number seven pick. And then Josh Allen was not expected to be there, that elite pass rusher from Kentucky. That that was a good move and a good pick by GM Dave Codwell. Tom Coughlin uh, was also the executive vice president at the time for that draft. So everything went through Tom. I mean, if uh, Dave said, hey, Tom, we want to draft uh, Josh Allen, and Todd's getting, I guess, uh, back then in 2019, Tom Coughlin had to give the head nod. Yes, we're going to take him. So that was a good draft pick, Josh Allen. Let's go back to the roster now. Josh Allen is a premier pass rusher, needs to be on the field more. Uh, he you know, is a guy that can make a lot of tackles. I feel like he's a tackling machine that could almost play linebacker. I mean, he's a defensive end, maybe linebacker at times, but an edge guy to rush passes, no doubt, Josh Allen. You know, he's going to get some help from Chase on this year too. And we don't know about Yannick. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later though. Okay, as we go down the roster, we've only, we've only touched on two players so far, Dakota Allen, Josh Allen, and as you guessed, we're kind of looking at this. We got things in alphabetical order here by the last name. Let's uh, look at our third player, Ra Raquel Raquel Armstead. He's a backup, backup running back. 
now that the Jags signed um, Chris Thompson, who used to play for the Washington Redskins, if you will. And, of course, uh, Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars, used to be with Washington also. And we'll talk about Chris Thompson later. But Raquel Armstead, uh, with Chris Thompson on the roster, this kind of makes Armstead a guy that the Jaguars drafted last year. You know, they they drafted him. um, He was a fifth rounder uh, running back out of Temple. I believe he was out of Temple. Yes, he played for Temple. Jaguars got him in the fifth round. What little bit I saw of him, he's got some potential. He's got a little spurting ability, and he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, he doesn't mind taking it, you know, up inside there. So he's going to get some, you know, he's without a doubt going to get some some playing time, maybe not a lot. You know, it depends on Fournette stays healthy, Chris Thompson stays healthy. Those are going to be your main two backs. Uh, Raquel, Raquel Armstead will spell them. You know, he's obviously still on a rookie deal. This will be his second year. Obviously, this will be his second year in the league. Also, looking at uh, some other players, um, uh, Luke Barku, cornerback. Uh, he he is uh, he's actually listed as a rookie out of um, San Diego State. So he is he's at should be at camp now as a rookie. He's listed as a rookie out of San Diego State. Luke Barku. I've heard some things about him. This guy could make the roster. Um, there's a number of guys that could make the roster that, that maybe won't. Uh, there'll be practice squad positions open for the guys that don't make the roster, particularly like a rookie like Barku. He's an undrafted guy, though the Jaguars um, did not draft him. Um, going to Ben Barch, who was drafted in the fourth round, but one of those, uh, I think the Jags had four, what, three picks in the fourth round. Ben Barch out of St. John's out of Minnesota, smaller college. You know, they play lower-level college football, but, man, he looked really, really good. You know, he's a guy that put on weight. He needed to put on weight, so he started drinking these, um, you know, these fruit smoothies or what have you. Ben Barch is a guy that I don't see him starting yet, but he's going to get into the mix. Uh, If you get a couple of offensive linemen, one or two offensive linemen go down with injuries, you know, Ben Barch is going to be playing. And um, he played... Let's see, he played tackle in college, but they project him as a guard. He's listed as an offensive lineman, so he can play guard or tackle. So it it's going to depend on a couple of things. How good do the guys in front of him play? Uh, are there any injuries? And that's going to dictate uh, whether uh, Ben Barch gets uh, much uh, playing time or not. If uh, the, the current offensive line, the starters play very, very well, there's no injuries, be hard for Ben to get into the lineup, except, you know, for maybe a handful of plays here and there. But Ben Barch, I believe, has a, a really good future. Um, he's a guy that, you know, as players don't get re-signed because of contract issues, I see a, I see Barch as a starter in uh, perhaps year two or at least by year three. And he's on a rookie deal, so he's not very expensive. Again, he played at St. John's out of Minnesota, Ben Barch. Okay, so let's see here. The players actually have numbers. So let's mention their numbers, too. Let's go back to Dakota Allen is going to wear number 53. Josh Allen, of course, 41. Raquel Armstead, 23. Uh, Luke Barku, number three, as a cornerback out of San Diego State. Ben Barch is going to wear number 78. 
Ben Barch is six foot six, three hundred and nine pounds. He put on some weight by drinking those smoothies. He's a rookie out of St. John's and a Minnesota, St. John's, Minnesota. Okay, the next guy we're going to talk about is uh, a guy that probably won't make the team, but he's a guy that's been around. I mean, he's a he's a second year guy. Now, C.J. Board. Uh, out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. I mean, for a player like C.J. Board, the, I mean, the preseason, the preseason games would be so important for this guy because he'd be getting an opportunity to play a lot. C.J. Board will be wearing number 16. He's a wide receiver, 6'1", about 181 pounds, and he played at Tennessee, Chattanooga. Okay, moving to, and, and, and by the way, C.J. Board will wear number 16. So looking at Taven Bryan now, uh, Taven Bryan, we all know Taven Bryan out of the University of Florida, right? Taven Bryan. And, um, you know, Taven is a guy, they say, that's underperformed. They say he, you know, he was a mistake late in the first round, drafting him late in the first round. Well, I know what happened on that draft pick. I mean, Tom Coughlin was in there with Codwell. Tom Coughlin is a stopwatch guy. He, we'd always see him at the combines with his stopwatch, even sitting in the, you know, in the stands at the uh, combine. They have the combine where Indianapolis, right? So Tom Coughlin is up there in that dome in Indianapolis, and he's using the stopwatch. You know, Taven Bryan is a big man. I mean, he's 6'5", 291 pounds. He ran a 4'940 at the combine. And I think that got him drafted by the Jaguars in the first round. Now, we, we kept hearing, hey, the Falcons are very interested in, in Brian. Of course, we, we, we all know that you know people put smoke screens out there and things like that. But Taven Bryan was drafted on potential. Potential. Because of the way the Jaguars were configured, a lot of, I mean, they had, let, let's face it, they had Calais Campbell. They had Malik Jackson was still there in uh, Taven's rookie year. So, and um, the other guy who's no longer on the on the team, the guy that used to play for Buffalo, boy, I forgot his name already. <laughs> you know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, Marcel Darius, he's no longer on the team. I, I don't know what Marcel's doing now. I don't even think he's on a roster yet. In fact, let's, uh, let's look up Marcel Darius while we're sitting here. Now, obviously, he's not a Jaguar. He's a guy that uh, I'm sure the Jaguars, in some respect, wanted to keep. But, you know, he had surgery last year. Uh, he's still a free agent. We just looked him up. He's um, Marcel Darius is still a free agent. So he's going to have to, if he wants to continue to play in the NFL, you know what's going to happen with Marcel. Marcel's going to have to take less money. That's just the nature of the game. So let's go back to Taven Bryant. Uh, he played at the University of Florida. Uh, I remember I remember telling my dad about Taven Bryan. He said, well, who did the Jaguars draft? And I said, well, they drafted this guy. They drafted Taven Bryan in 2019. And my dad said, oh, I thought he was still going to be on our team in Florida. But no, no, Taven came out, got drafted. He wears number 90, a defense alignment, about 6'5", 291. This will be his third year. Now, the third year is a charm. You ever heard that? Um, this is what I saw out of Taven last year. Not a lot of good play early in the year. However, I think the last two games, the last game or two, I think something clicked with Taven 
and I think we started to see him play very well the last game or two. So this is a guy I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off. I mean, he's going to get playing time. He'll be in the rotation. I don't think he'll be a starter on the defensive line, but you know he'll be one of those rotational guys that come in the Jags. I have a lot of you know rotational guys that are play on the defensive line. You know they brought some new guys in. You know they 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 drafted a, a nose guard defensive tackle type. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. Is we I mean we're hitting all eighty players on the ninety man roster because the ninety man roster is actually eighty now. Okay, so David Bryan. I think Taven is going to play better than people think this year. I really do. I think Taven's going to start coming of age. Some players, I mean, Taven, Taven's a young guy. He's 24 years old. So when he came in with the Jaguars, this is his third year. So, you know, he, the, the kid's drafted. He's, you know, when he was drafted, what was he? He was 21, 22 when he got drafted by the Jaguars. He's uh, 24 years of age now. I'm assuming that's the age I'm looking at. It is 24 and, uh, you know, Taven played at the University of Florida. I mean, the Jags have picked a lot of Florida guys over the years. They picked Florida State players. Um, the Jaguars have picked, uh, gone heavy with the SEC. I think Taven Bryant will shine this year. I, I don't, he's not going to be a star or an all pro or anything, but I think he becomes a good player. I think he actually has a shot to become a good player in 2020. And in COVID 19, we're going to see some surprises. We're going to see some good guys not do as well. Um, there's going to be some players that probably test positive for COVID-19, I'm guessing. One one interesting thing is we talk about the Jaguars and we talk about sports in general. I heard just yesterday the NBA bubble in Orlando had tested all their players and none of their players tested positive for COVID-19. Now, you would think that that trend would continue unless a player or two sneaks out of the bubble, right? So the NBA, they got to keep an eye on that. And then there's, you know, uh, there's players that might sneak out of the bubble, but somebody's got to rat them out. Somebody, you know, and you don't like a lot of times people ratting you out, but in this case, somebody sneaks out of the bubble, somebody's got to know because right now the NBA's got a good situation because nobody According to the NBA yesterday, I believe, nobody has tested positive as of yet. I'm, I'm sure that may change somehow. I mean, there's probably players that um, this COVID-19 thing and the tests, how, how accurate are all the tests. So we'll see what happens. But according to the NBA, no one has tested positive as of yesterday, July the 21st. I'm sure that you know we're going to have a... I'm sure before it's over with, there's going to be a player or two test positive, but you would think if nobody tests positive, they all stay in that bubble, there's a good chance that the NBA is going to, going to have a good season where they, you know, they're playing eight regular season games. They've only invited 22 teams. Not all the teams are there, only the teams that have a shot at making the playoffs. And it's basically eight regular season games and then the playoffs for the NBA. But I didn't mean to, you know, get off track with the NBA, but thought I'd mention that, throw it in there. Let's go back to the roster. We just finished talking about Taven Bryan out of the University of Florida. Taven, in my mind, was drafted, you know, for potential. He was not counted on to play that much, certainly his first year. He played probably a tad more last year. I think this could be his uh, coming out year. 
it, it better be for his sake if he wants a good second-year contract. But he's got a chance now in his third and fourth year to really develop, become a very good player, or at least a good player. We'll see what happens with Taven Bryant. But I will tell you that Taven Bryant, the last game or two, it looked like something clicked on with him. He did play much better the last game or two for the Jaguars. Continuing on with the 80-man roster, A.J. Can. This is a guy that the Jags did sign to a second year. I'm sorry. They, the Jags signed A.J. Can to a second contract last year is what I was trying to say. And uh, Can was not signed to a big, a super big money contract, but, it, but good money. And uh, this is a guy they drafted out of South Carolina. Now, he's been in the program for five years. This is going to be a sixth year. This is a player who started a lot of games for the Jaguars. He has actually proven to be a, a pretty durable player. I mean, he hasn't missed many games. So A.J. Can is kind of penciled in to be your right guard. I know that you know he and Will Richardson, though, did actually uh, – you know, go in and out for each other last year. In other words, uh, Will Richardson got some time at right guard, but so did A.J. Ken. A.J. Ken is a guy. A.J. Ken's going to be your starter there, I, I, I think, without a doubt. He's about he's a big, tall guy, 6'3", 315 pounds, 28 years old now, going into his sixth year from South Carolina. Caleb on chase on. Oh, let me back up. A.J. Ken is wearing number 60, by the way number six zero. Caleb on chase on wearing number 45. He's one of the Jaguars 2020 draft picks. I mean, this is a guy that was drafted. He wasn't the first first round pick that was uh, CJ Henderson, but he was the second of two first round picks. And he's a guy you got, um, you know, essentially the, um, the Ramsey trade brought the extra draft pick because this was the Rams draft pick, and the Jags had made the trade by trading Jalen Ramsey, number 20, over to the Rams for two first-rounders and a fourth-rounder. I, I just got to believe the Rams wish they had those picks back. That, that's just my opinion, but I'm sure Les Snead at night is, is – uh, and, you know, I, I actually lived in the same town Les Snead is from. So I know a little bit about Les Snead. But, you know, he's when he's sleeping at night, he's got to be thinking, oh, my God. My goodness, I traded two first-rounders and a fourth-rounder for Ramsey. And my opinion about Jalen Ramsey is, I mean, he's a good football player, you know, but there's two sides of Ramsey, obviously. There's the player side, and, you know, then there's the um, – and, and, you know, for a, a lockdown corner, you got to have some swag. But, I mean, I, I, I think Ramsey's taking swag to a whole new arena. But I, I see Ramsey playing for four or five teams during his career. He's still searching for that, that big contract now. So we'll see what happens eventually, whether it's the Rams or some other team. Some Somebody's going to give him that really, really big money. Caleb on chase on. This is a guy he'll be wearing number 45, defensive end linebacker. I mean, the Jags got two guys like this, chase on and Josh Allen. I think they're a little bit different. I think that uh, chase on is going to be more of a uh, pass rusher. And a guy that can even drop back into coverage uh, if the Jags need that. I think Josh Allen's going to be a little bit better of a player from the standpoint of being a tackler. 
But Chase on is that athlete that can get after the passer. If he develops into a guy that can uh, make more tackles, I think this guy could be, he could be special. I think Chase on and Josh Allen could both be special. Kate LeVon Chase on was drafted out of LSU from the national championship LSU team. He'll wear number 45. He's a defensive end slash linebacker, basically an edge guy, 6'3", 254 pounds. I mean, you got to think about this guy. I mean, he's only 20 years old. He's only 20. And he actually, as I understand it, was a basketball player mainly at one time. So this is a guy that I don't think he's, I don't think he's nearly reached his football potential. That's why he's an exciting pick. Caleb on chase on defensive end linebacker out of LSU. Now we're going to talk about another, by the way, Chase on wears 45 for you guys that want to buy his jersey. But let's talk about another LSU guy, DJ Chark Jr. First year was kind of disappointing, even though he was a really good special teams player his first year. But his second year, he blossomed as a wide receiver, had really a good year. Um, if he can improve if he can continue to improve, he's going to be a really good football player. DJ Char Jr., number 17, a wide receiver, tall guy, 6'4", 198, uh, out of LSU, 23 years old. He'll be going into his third year uh, with the Jaguars, so he's still very inexpensive, uh, you know, a guy on a rookie deal. And uh, DJ Chark wearing number 17. This is a guy, and I think the Jags got a guy they drafted this year in um, – and LaVisca Chenault, that I think those two guys are going to be fantastic. We, we've seen what Chark can do. If LaVisca Chenault stays healthy, these guys are going to be a one-two punch incredibly. Plus, you've got other guys, you know, like uh, D.D. Westbrook. You know, D.D.'s the type of guy now. He's headed toward that uh, contract year where he wants to make some big money in the future. So, D.D. Westbrook. I mean, all these guys are motivated. They really are. The Jags offense, in my opinion, it has a chance to be much better in 2020 than we've seen the last couple of years. They've got some weapons. And we'll talk about some of these weapons as we continue, you know, with the uh, 80-man roster. So DJ Chark wearing number 17 is a wide receiver, 6'4", 198 out of LSU. He really broke out in his second year. And this is a guy you're still expecting some some steady improvement. Probably, I mean, I mean, you can't teach speed. He's fast. That's why he was drafted, too, in the second round. I mean, Tom Coughlin had the stopwatch. He puts the stopwatch on all those guys. So DJ Chark Jr. is a starter. He's, he's uh, you know, gradually, ever so gradually becoming, could become a star in the NFL. I think the same thing can be said for Chenault, although DJ Chark, I mean, this will be his third year. He's two years ahead of Chenault. So health is a concern for, for all football players. The guy's got to stay healthy. DJ Chark, number 17, pencil him in as a starter. He's, you know, he's basically the top wide receiver on the team. That's kind of how we have to look at it. Also, Chris Claybrooks, who was actually drafted. He was uh, drafted late by the Jaguars, you know, you know, Clay Brooks was drafted out of Memphis. Uh, he'll probably be returning kicks, maybe punts, but Chris, uh, Chris Clay Brooks' natural position, though, I believe he plays all the defensive back positions. So he's a guy that he's he most likely, 
I think he's got a shot at making the roster basically as a kickoff returner. And it's going to also depend on how well he shows as a defensive back. I think they may look at him as safety, at corner. Uh, but the thing with Chris Claybrooks, he's only five foot nine, 179 pounds. But they're going to look at him to see if, if, if they have to put him out there, you know, during situations, if the Jags run into, you know, a lot of injury situations, can he come in? and play an extra position or two besides just returning kickoffs. That's going to be a key. Chris Claybrooks will wear number seven, 5'9", 179 pounds out of Memphis. And as you know, Chris Claybrooks was actually drafted very late in the draft. Now, I kept thinking the Jags were going to make some trades. And, you know, instead of drafting 12 guys, they might draft eight or nine and make trades to move up for players. But they really didn't move up. Um, I'll take a look at, um, let's take a look at the, uh, draft where, uh, you know, Clay Brooks was drafted. He was drafted late, very late in the Jaguars, uh, draft. Uh, Clay Brooks was actually the last player drafted by the Jaguars in round number 12. He can play, um, defensive, he's listed as a defensive back, which means they may, uh, try him at safety. You know them. Okay, you're listening to the Till Shirt Report. So to kind of sum up um, Chris Claybrooks, uh, who the Jaguars drafted uh, 12th in the April 2020 draft, Claybrooks is not a lock to make the team. You know, I did a little thinking about this, and, you know, as we're talking about uh, Chris Claybrooks, he, I mean, this is a guy that was drafted in the seventh round the last of the 12 draft picks by the Jaguars. So, no, he's not a lock to make the team. However, I think the Jags would like him to make the team and to prove he's a really good kickoff returner if he could be amongst the leads, um, the leagues, I'm sorry, the league's uh, top kickoff returners in the league. Yeah, he's got a good shot at making the team. Also, it's twofold, though. If he could prove to be a good kickoff returner, maybe a guy that's going to be in the top, 10 or 15 as far as kickoff returners in the top half of the league as far as kickoff returners or have the potential to do that. Plus be a guy that can fill a void by in a pinch or in an emergency. He can play defensive back, whether it's safety or cornerback. Those are really the areas where Chris Claybrooks can make the team. He's not a very big guy, but then again, kickoff returners, um, they, they, they come in all sizes, mainly fast, right? And they can make the moves, and kickoff returners are not the biggest guys. And you have to also remember, is the, is the position of kickoff returner being diminished? Is it being diminished because of the fact that so many of the kicks go in the end zone and are not even returned now? So these are all factors. You know, as we say, that uh, of whether Chris Claybrooks makes the team or Chris Claybrooks does not. Um, he's an interesting guy, though, because if the Jaguars, you know, actually cut him and he doesn't make the 53 or the 55 or whatever the final number of roster slots is, and that could be a key with Claybrooks making the team or not, he might be a guy that, might be hard to get on the practice squad because there may be other teams interested in grabbing him if they need a kickoff returner. So I think he's got a shot at making the Jaguars roster, but 
I would say at best it's probably, I'm going to say 50-50, depending on what the Jags need for these other positions when it comes down to the, you know, number 51, number 52, or number 53, and who they decide they want to keep. Injuries are going to be a key. And also Chris Claybrooks is going to be the key. Can he, can they, can he prove in practice? Because there's not going to be preseason games. Now, I haven't heard any of this yet, but, you know, the Jaguars usually have a scrimmage. Is there a chance the Jaguars could have a scrimmage, or is that washed out too because of the COVID-19? Maybe they don't want to have any kind of scrimmage. However, you know, there's going to be some controlled scrimmages. And uh, any fans in the stands, whether it's a scrimmage or, you know, a uh, regular season game, there's only going to be a capacity of, what, 25%, which is at TIA Bankfield is probably close to 17,000 fans. So it's it's kind of going to be the fans are going to be kind of scattered out. And it's going to be like a, you know, like a small college or small university football team crowd due to COVID-19. But there will be fans in the stands. Um, might only be 25% capacity. So Chris Claybrooks, he's 50-50 probably to make the team. Now you move to Keelan Cole. Oh, by the way, Claybrooks wears number seven, if I didn't tell you that earlier. We moved to Keelan Cole. This is a guy going into his fourth year. He was an undrafted free agent out of Kentucky Wesley, and I think this is a key year for Keelan. You know, speed, and he's a fast guy. Speed does not last forever. You can't teach speed, but he's very, very fast. You know, Keelan has had problems with dropping the football, particularly a couple of years ago. The You know, the last year, Blake Bortles was the quarterback of the Jaguars. We've seen him make the one-handed catch, the fingertip catches, going for a touchdown. Keelan Cole has absolutely electric big playability. But can he have a season where he puts it all together? He limits the drops, catches that pass across the middle and not dropping it at key times. Because when a wide receiver drops a pass, you know what that equates to? It kind of honestly equates to, hey, we're not going to move the chains this time. If a wide receiver drops a pass, it makes it very difficult on the offense going forward with converting that first down to keep the defense off the field and so forth and so on. So Keelan Cole is a guy that we're not talking about being, being really a, a starter. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think LaVisca Chenault, the rookie is going to, going to move ahead of Cole. That's my opinion. He'll be ahead of Cole. Uh, I think LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark are going to be the team's top two receivers. The next guy we're going to talk about, Chris Connolly, number 18. I think he's probably the number three guy, at worst, number four guy. Uh, Connolly is a veteran going into his sixth year. He played at the University of Georgia. Uh, Connolly, you know, caught some touchdown passes last year. He caught some touchdown passes in Kansas City. He was, you know, I think in Kansas City, he might have been the third or fourth guy in Kansas City. So he's a guy going into his sixth year. The Jaguars got him on, I believe, what, a two-year contract, and it wasn't very, very expensive, and they've certainly, they in the offseason, exercised that option to, um, you know, to exercise the next year of the contract, which they have. So they've got Conley. I think Conley's probably the number three guy at wide receiver. Westbrook and Keelan Cole are going to have to battle to move up because it may be Conley – 
Westbrook and Cole, three, four, and five. Depending on LaVisca Chenault, if LaVisca Chenault is healthy, proves he can do everything he can do in his highlight reel in Colorado, he, he, he could be the number two guy, and he could actually be, and we haven't got to his name yet on the roster, but LaVisca Chenault, I mean, he could be the real deal. He could be the next Julio Jones. He can be a star in the NFL. And I'm talking about LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to wear number 10. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But right now we're talking about Chris Conley, number 18. Boy, I get excited when I talk about LaVisca Chenault. Chris Conley wearing number 18, 6'3", 205 pounds. So he's a, you know, he's a good-sized guy, 6'3", 205. He's 27 years old. He's that prototypical going into his prime age of 27. Hey, Keelan Cole's 27, too. They're both 27. I mean, the Jaguars have a chance. This is my opinion. I'm going to give it right now. The Jaguars have a chance right now in 2020 to have their best, and, and I'm talking about overall, you know, the top five receivers on this team. This could be the best group, the best group of receivers that the Jaguars have had in a few years. And I'm talking about, you know, projected starters, of DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and then we've got, you know, Keelan Cole. Keelan, honestly, is going to be down around number five or six. And um, Chris Conley is going to be three, probably Westbrook four or vice versa. So that's kind of what we're, we're looking at with these guys. So Chris Conley, Chris Conley, and we're in the C's now alphabetically. Boy, it takes a long time for me to go through these players. But I have feelings about almost every one of them. Chris Conley uh, could be as high as the number three guy receiver for the Jaguars. Uh, you know, Westbrook and Keelan Cole can have something to say about that in practice and during the games, of course, to get more playing time. I mean, Keelan lost playing time over the last year. You know, finally, you know, he got some playing time again toward the end of the season. But Keelan Cole, due to the drop passes, I mean, he lost a lot of playing time. So, you know, Keelan's got to improve that area of his game. I mean, he's fast. He's got to improve his route running and his, um, you know, his catch, pass-catching ability, I'd say. So, uh, Chris Conley, talking about Chris out of the University of Georgia, I'm glad he's on our team because I like him a lot. I really do. Uh, Conley, actually, as I remember last year, dropped a couple of key passes too. So, Conley's got to work on that too. Conley and uh, Chris Conley and, of course, um, Keelan Cole, these are two guys that really need to step up, man, and push those top two guys. They really do. So Chris Conley, wide receiver, 6'3", 205 out of Georgia. I'm glad he's on our team. I do I do like his game if he can eliminate the drop passes because he had a couple as well last year that I remember. Okay, moving to uh, Logan Cook, the punter. Man, what a what – a what a find. I mean, they draft this guy out of Mississippi State. He turns out to do a great job. I mean, he's uh, he puts a lot of kicks inside the 20 on his punts. He's a punter. He puts a lot of his punts inside the 20, inside the 10. And, you know, the Jags offense, as much as it has sputtered the last two years at times, this guy's been called upon to do what? Punt. He's punted a lot. And he's he's proven also to be a bit of an athlete, too. Uh, Logan Cook is, and you know, he's actually, um, when Lambeau was, uh, hurt and couldn't kick, 
and that wasn't often, but when Lambeau couldn't kick, I think, I think Lambeau had a, a difficult injury toward the middle of last year. And I believe Lambeau's completely healthy now, but, but I mean, and then Lambeau did kick, you know, more the rest of the season and had a good year, but this guy, Logan cook, I had a buddy of mine tell me, man, this guy's a dollar. They, they, they cost him dollar general prices to have him on the roster. He was a late draft pick like three years ago. And he's going into his third year. He was uh, picked by uh, Conwell and Coughlin back in 2018, late in the draft, very late in the draft. And, and Cook, out of Mississippi State, has been worth every penny. He's been a dollar general bargain basement uh, guy that has done the job. Logan Cook, an outstanding punter for the Jaguars. He's 24 years of age, going into his third year, still on that rookie deal. You know, very cost-effective for the Jaguars. So we're going to wrap things up with, uh, and I'm going to have to continue on. This is a lot of fun doing the 90-man or, in this case, the 80-man roster. I think we're going to wrap it up today with Logan Cook, and we're going to continue on our next episode of the Teal Shirt Report. I had no idea it was going to take this long to go through all these names on the roster. So we're only in the C's now. The next episode, we will pick it up with – well, before I go, I can mention uh, Doug Costin, who's a defensive tackle. Not sure he'll make the team, though. He's 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 another one of those undrafted rookies out of Miami of Ohio, 22 years of age, 6'2", 295, a defensive tackle. Doug Costin, he's basically one of those guys to fill out the 80-man roster right now. And that's where we're at. We're at uh, the 90-man has now become the 80-man roster. Keep in mind the injuries we talked about that can happen. Injuries always come into play on an NFL team, and that means you got that mentality of the next man up. All of these guys on the 80-man roster, they have got a shot. They've got a shot of becoming NFL players. And the Jaguars have a lot of rookies. You know, as we mentioned, I think they – well, they, we, we know they drafted 12 rookies, and then they've got as many as almost 18 undrafted free agent rookies. Doug Costin is one of those guys. Doug Costin will wear number 58, a defensive tackle out of Miami of Ohio. And I'm going to stop it right here. We're going to pick up uh, on the next Teal Shirt Report after Doug Costin, okay? And we'll continue along. This is a lot of fun doing the 90-man roster, which is actually 80-man. Thanks for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We're going to wrap up our report on the 80-man roster, which is going to it looks like now it's going to turn out to be at least uh, two episodes, maybe three, but uh, we're going to have at least uh, uh, two episodes of the uh, 90 man, which is now the 80 man roster uh, for the Jaguars. Oh, by the way, we always do a little bit of North Florida entertainment concerts are still canceled or postponed or what have you. But uh I did watch a couple of movies um, that were actually pretty good. Um, the Johnny Newman story is very good if you watch it on Comcast On Demand. Um, Johnny's a, a player that was really compared to Pete Maravich. And he played, uh, Johnny played, I want to say Johnny played, what, late 60s, early 70s. But he really only played one year for Ole Miss. And, I mean, had an incredible season. And then his father passed away late in his first year at Ole Miss, and he went hardship and signed with the ABA, with the Memphis pros of the ABA. 
that's a very, very good movie. It's interesting. The sad thing about Johnny Newman, you know, he and this was a good thing. He went back to Ole Miss and got his degree, which was a great thing for him. At the age of 65, he did this. He had coached in the European leagues for years after his playing days were over. You know, Johnny played in both the ABA and the NBA. But it's, it's a good movie to watch. But the sad part of it is I understand Johnny did pass away, sadly, uh, last year in April of 2019. Would love to have talked to that guy. He, but he was, you know, he had quite an ego as, you know, as, as, as you watch the movie, you'll find out. Uh, so I watched a Johnny Newman story. Now, that's not the first time I've watched it. I've watched the Johnny Newman movie, the guy that played college basketball at Ole Miss for one year. And he, he basically won the league scoring title in the SEC that year playing for Ole Miss, but he only played one year. He went hardship into the ABA and was signed by the Memphis Pros. You know, back then, $2 million. I think he signed for $2 million, and back then that was a lot of money. You know, back – I think he signed his ABA deal uh, back around 19 I'm, – I'm thinking back around 1971 – so his college season, he must have played the 70-71 season at Ole Miss. But the sad news was Johnny did pass away, died uh, back in April of 2019 last year. Another movie I saw was the Dominic Wilkins story. Dominic Wilkins, who played for the University of Georgia in basketball, helped take them to new and higher levels for Georgia. His basketball coach was Hugh Durham. And the cool thing about Hugh Durham, I've met Hugh. Uh, Hugh lives in our area, Northeast Florida. You know, Hugh's last head coaching job in college basketball was at JU. He had a great college basketball career as a head coach. He coached Florida State, went to Georgia after that, and ended up at JU. And I've had a chance to meet Hugh. Very nice guy. I always joke with Hugh when I say, I say, hey, man, there may be another job out there for you. And Hugh would tell me, he'd say, man, I'm, I'm 81 years old. But he, he he looks good for his age, no doubt about it. I think he said he's 81 or 82, but uh, Hugh Durham, what a delight, and, you know, and for a guy that uh, saw him when I was a kid coaching Florida State, I didn't like him then because, I you know, I was a JU fan. But he coached it, uh, had a great career. I mean, Hugh Durham, who was part of the Dominic Wilkins uh, movie or documentary I, I saw in uh, – you know, and I believe that's one of those ESPN films. But the Dominic Wilkins movie or documentary, if you will, had Hugh Derman, and I thought that was pretty cool. But Hugh coached, uh, you know, Florida State. Not only did he coach Florida State, he took them to the national championship game into the Final Four. He did the same thing at Georgia. They went to the Final Four, too. So Hugh Durham, I mean, what a what a great coach. And he ended up coaching at JU, and he lives in our area, and I've, I've met him, and I know that uh, our BigJReport.com contributor, Alex Nunnery, we took pictures. I think I got a picture with Hugh Durham, and so does Alex. And uh, what a delight to meet that guy. And uh, the Dominic Wilkins um, movie or documentary, if you will, is very good. I, I think that's the that's actually the first time I've seen that. And uh, Dominique is actually not my top hawk of all time. I mean, um, I was a big Atlanta Hawks fan as a kid growing up, and I, I'll always be an Atlanta Hawks NBA fan. That's definitely my favorite team in the NBA. But probably my top three players of all time from the Atlanta Hawks were probably Pete Maravich, John Drew, and then Dominic Wilkins. 
and I'm sure a lot of Hawks fans would say Dominique was their number one guy. But my top three guys were Maravich, Drew, and Dominic Wilkins. And the interesting thing was John Drew, who had some issues, some substance abuse issues that later got him as being the first player ever banned or kicked out of the league because of substance abuse. Before he was banned or kicked out of the league, he was traded um, for Dominic Wilkins. You know, Dominic was actually dra- – Dominique – I'll say Dominique. Dominique was actually drafted by the Utah Jazz, as you'll see in the movie, and later traded to the Atlanta Hawks. And the Hawks uh, sent – at that time, I mean, John Drew was really an all-star player in the NBA but did have the substance abuse issues. You know, there, I, I, John Drew was – when I was a kid, he was one of my favorite players, wore number 22. And when I played basketball, I tried to wear number 22 because of John Drew, actually. So uh, the Dominic Wilkins, the Dominic Wilkins um, movie or documentary, if you will, I believe it's one of the ESPN films. It's either a 30 for 30 or just simply listed as an ESPN sports film. Check those out. Johnny Newman and Dominic Wilkins. And I've seen the Johnny Newman movie or story. I have seen that. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to tell on myself. I've seen it three or four times late at night. I've watched it. But Johnny Newman is a really good story. Very egotistical guy. I mean, it was all Johnny. He loved to shoot the ball. And Dominique was a great player, too. Not my favorite Hawk, but pretty. he was up there. He's in the top three with Maravich, Drew, and uh, Wilkins. And I know for some Atlanta Hawk fans, he's obviously the, the top choice there. So that will do it for the Teal Shirt Reports from North Florida Entertainment. Since all the concerts uh, predominantly, for the most part, have been canceled or postponed, we, we've been talking about the movies that we've watched, like, you know, free movies on demand. I, I do have the sports package with Comcast, so I do get a lot of the sports movies. And then I watch movies, uh, especially if they have a free weekend on HBO or Showtime. You know, we've seen some great movies uh, the past several weeks during the, the pandemic, of course. So that's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report. We are heard in as many as 14 states now across the world internationally, maybe even the universe too. You know, if there's somebody out there, you know, with, with a, with a laptop or an internet, uh, uh, phone, they can listen to us anywhere. You know, there's some astronauts out there, right? Um, so I want to thank everybody that, that's listening, whether you're in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Virginia, got a lot of listeners, uh, in the Virginia area, Colorado, where LaVisca Chenault, uh, played his college football. I got such high hopes. I, I really think he's going to be a, a star in the NFL with the Jaguars wearing number 10. And we haven't even got up to his name on the uh, the 80-man roster yet, but we will. We will continue this, this thing that I've, I've touched on called the 90-man roster, taking a look at all 90 players, which now become 80 because of COVID-19. So we'll get back to the 80-man roster on our very next episode. We'll pick it up in the seas. Boy, we didn't get too far, but we uh, we did get into the seas. So we'll, we'll continue next time, I think, toward the tail end of the seas. But we'll continue. We will talk about every Jacksonville Jaguars player. Now that training camp has started, now that it's open for the rookies and the veterans will report, or they are supposed to report, on July the 28th. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We are on many, many platforms, Anchor, Spotify. You can find us on Spotify. Just type in Teal Shirt Report. When If you have a Spotify account, you can listen to music on Spotify. Also, you can click um, 
let's see, you can click on podcast and, and then type. There's a place to type in Tilshire Report. You can listen to us on Pod, uh, on uh, Pod Paradise, on Spotify, as I mentioned, Anchor, Google Podcast is a good one, too. So there's a lot of platforms you can hear the Tilshire Report on. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you for listening. You're welcome to click on the support button and support the podcast. Boy, I would be just so elated if you click on the support button and support the podcast. And we want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, with a lot of North Florida real estate listings, uh, both residential and some commercial or business listings, if you will. So we want to thank Saucer Realty. And you can follow us, as always, at BigJReport.com. That is BigJReport.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott. Hey, we'll have another episode in the next day or two. So these episodes are coming at you fast and furious right now. Uh, This, by the way, is episode number 45. Have a great day. I'm Scott, and I'm out. We'll be right back.